three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I'm one half of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson, joining you from the heart of Dallas, Texas. Joining me today is my co-host, Walker Lott, joining you from the pride of Aggieland, the home of all things good and pure, College Station, Texas. Walker Lott, as always, another fantastic week in the ranks of private school football. And first of all, how are you? Second of all, what, what do you take away from this last week? I'm doing good, you know, football-wise, uh, SES won, my alma mater won, A&M won, uh, Monroe, but still a win. Uh, we bounced back. And then the Cowboys look fantastic. We're going to the Super Bowl, mark my words. And, uh, yeah, another also great week of Texas high school football. So what more do you want? Uh, what I have to talk about, though, is what is that hat you were wearing? I mean, what? I mean, it does look awesome. Shout out to Dallas Christian. But, I mean, you're a cougar, man. Born and bred, you know, what? what is this deal? Well, shout out, well, but also shout out St. Thomas for the plug, for the merch. Love you. Love you guys. I mean, I've got to give a huge shout out to Grant Tonic and Dallas Christian. Uh, I, I saw I saw them wearing, I've never seen these hats before, and I'm a, I'm a huge hat guy. Anywhere I go, if like they're ever asking, hey, do you want merch or something? I'm like, hat, give me a hat. Right. And I saw them wearing these hats. First of all, I love blue. Second of all, I love the hats, the little rope on the front. And third, I love script. So I saw this, and you could have literally wrote anything on this hat with script, the rope, and the blue, and I would have bought it. And I just, I, I was like, talking and i was like hey man those are great hats he's like you want one i was like absolutely so i need to be reminded i owe grant um i owe grant a txps hat to trade for this one but i'm sure i'll see dallas christian soon enough but listen dc and grace aren't in the same division anymore um I i've buried my old rivalry with dc i still have bad memories on wheeler field don't get me wrong but I, for this hat i can i can lay all that aside that's a based opinion Based, it's a, it's a base opinion, but uh, the Wilson brothers or whatever uh, over there, at, uh, Tyler Grace, uh, boo this man. Uh, you need to so at, at where, uh, Tyler Grace community. I'm trying to like rein in my my anger. Um, I I, I didn't not a lot of uh, not a lot of DC people call it Tyler Grace when I was over there, which I think hey, there um, you go. I think there was a lot of restraint from them, or they just didn't even have Grace on their mind, which I don't really I don't blame them. I think DC has bigger fish to fry at this point. That being said, um, yeah, shout out to shout out to St. Thomas for the merch. I said before we even started recording, I didn't even notice um, from a distance it was a St. Mm. Thomas shirt. That shirt is fire. It is fantastic. Yeah, it's, this is fire. Now, the hat's fire too. I can actually like this is not like wearing a high school. This is like fire like apparel that I could wear to like out and about that I do. Uh, I actually I also wear my Midland hat. I wear that regularly. The the peace hat. I wear that actually regularly. So uh, shout out if y'all have merch or swag, send it to us. We'll wear it on the pod. We are walking billboards. We have we have no shame about anything. We will wear literally anything, I promise you. But I was about to say, between D.C., St. Thomas, and Midland, I'm not really sure who's got the best merch that we've received. It's, it's all fantastic. I we need For our next drop, we need to take notes from all these schools and start incorporating stuff they do because they really? release fantastic apparel. That being said, our merch shop is now officially closed. Um, we just got the numbers back. And I, I Walker can tell you, I, my mouth, fell open i am floored by the support that we got from this whole community um the 
the apparel line is something that we put a ton of work and effort and inspiration into. And the fact that people actually bought the stuff and supported us, I, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words. I can't say how thankful I am to everyone. Uh, Walker, what does it mean to you that people, that people rally and support us in the way they do? Uh, I mean, it's, it's honestly amazing. Like we, we, we were we were trying to figure out like we we spent months on this and like all the messages like oh, stay tuned stay tuned and it, it showed that all those messages and all the hard work behind the scenes paid off and um yeah when we dropped it in uh we well you know it's not like we're have bad taste me and you and like we we were like okay this is something really cool and then we did the QB retreat and they were all like okay this is sick like this is awesome so we knew we had something special and the fact that all of y'all thought it was too is just it's awesome man and uh we all appreciate it and you know hopefully you know we do another apparel line soon uh watch out late october november maybe around that time could be doing something more absolutely again can't say thank you enough um just absolutely floored and so grateful for the support from everyone but that being said can't stay on that too long got to move the show along so we will transfer into the pick records from last week Walker, you went 15 and four. I went 14 and five on the week. That brings our records respectively. You are 58 and 18. I am 57 and 19. A razor thin margin might be the closest we've had a race um, at this point in the season. It's going to be really interesting. You know, I think the, um, I think the more and more we do this, the more years we get into it, we get a better eye for navigating the early parts of the season, which yeah. I might just be talking out of my butt. We might've just gotten a little lucky this past week. I mean, 15 and four, 14 and five, not the greatest records on planet earth. Also not bad at all. It's a pretty standard week by most books. Uh, I'll let you speak. You, you edged me by a game here. Pretty good records here through four weeks of the season. Your thoughts on where the pick records stand. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. We're close, but you know, one game is still one game advantage and I'm, I love to see it. Um, I want to say, uh, we both, we both picked Fort Worth Christian wrong. Uh, I picked St. Mark's wrong. You picked Regents wrong. And we both picked St. Paul and Brazos Christian wrong. And you also picked uh new brothels Christian. So that's where we went off. I just had one less and, uh, that one less, uh, shout out to St. Thomas, man. This is what we love to see and shout out Houston Northland. Those guys, those guys rock. So that's, that's, those were my saviors this week. Yeah, we might uh, we might be previewing a Northland game here later in the script, so I might get a chance to change courses there, but we will see. That will be interesting. That being said, um, I'm not mad at a 14-5 and five week. I'm never going to complain unless I go dangerously close to 500 or below, but, you know, is what it is. I will try to make up some ground, and I may or may not be um, trying to find the website that I ordered the trophy from because it may or may not still be missing to this point. I don't know how I lost the pick record trophy that I won. Technically, you're the only person that hasn't gotten to hold the pick trophy trophy record yet because walker was season one i was season two i mean if if things shift the way they do and you're in the lead right now you might uh you might get an acceptance speech in waco we'll see please that would be awesome now i i need the trophy i'm the one you see i was this year i came into this season i was like okay i'm going to be more like i'm gonna be more focused i can't be lackadaisical with my picks and just be like oh i'll pick this one no i, I gotta be focused this year so that's what i'm doing well, it's paying off at this point, given the record. So hopefully that holds going forward. But that'll conclude our talk on our pick records. We will now move into the scoreboard recap presented by TXPS Media. So we will talk about the five games on the left-hand side of the column in detail in our recap of week four. But Walker, before that, we're going to try something different. We're going to take the 20 or so remaining games and just give a one-word bullet point thought 
on on each of the games. So we're going to start with Fort Bend Christian and TCA Addison and move down the list. I'm and again I'm work I'm workshopping this in real time. I'm trying to think if um one I'll say one sentence. Uh one sentence is better. I, I don't know if one word. Okay. So just just one sentence um each game I will give you the honor of going first with Fort Bend Christian and TCA Addison. Okay. That was close, comma district. Yeah, I'm gonna say um might be time to panic. Mm. Um it's it's yeah. Oh, I guess just one more comment Okay, South Oak Cliff, Parish Episcopal. Um I'll I'll go first. Understand. Rough start, comma, better finish. Yeah, very fair. Concordia Lutheran, Lutheran South. Shout out Concordia Lutheran. Shout out Concordia Lutheran. There we go. Fort Worth Christian, Lake Country. Mm. I did not see this coming. Confirms my preseason thoughts about what I heard at seven on seven. Yeah, there, we might be in trouble in FWC. Uh, Southwest that, Christian, John Paul II. I'll I'll let you I'll let you speak on that one. Good win. Start of hopefully something special. 2018 would have yielded a different result. <laughs> That's such a dig for no reason. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the first thing that came to mind. Well, I get, J- JP2 was still really good in, in 2018, were they not? Uh, yeah. By the way, yeah. uh, I want to shout out Landon Hayes for being at the Lake Country Fourth Christian game, one of our interns. Shout out to him. He had a good one, and he said Lake Country – uh, looks pretty good for, uh, you know, had a good game. I want to shout out one guy on the particular, I'm not, I know we were going to do this, but I have to shout him out. We have a, we have a younger whites brother. Hayden whites has a younger brother, Ryan whites who's a 2026. He had two touchdowns and a pick six. Uh, we have another whites man over there at Lake country and I'm excited to see him grow. That's it. All right. Next game. Midland Christian, San Antonio cornerstone. Um, I like Brandon Brunson a lot. <laughs> Uh, great game by Colton Newsom. Excited to see district. That's a comma in the middle. There, there we go. Perfect. St. Mark's and Frisco legacy. Hopefully Frisco falters in district. That That's uh, a very biased grace opinion. <laughs> uh, great start for Frisco. Worried about St. Mark's. There we go. Brownsville see I thought oh I thought Victoria St. Joseph Yeah you Peter said it you you said it okay you said it on the podcast or on the live thing wrong and so I texted my friend that thing you you said and I was like you your magic worked and he was like oh my god I hate I hate them oh but you're absolutely wrong it was the other way okay I went oh for real he's like yeah <laughs> okay okay so so my sentence for Brownsville versus Victoria is maybe Victoria will stop chirping us <laughs> I even make sense um uh shout out to brownsville the bloodhounds covenant christian beats oak ridge 41 to 7 are we sure Enow is not still there uh to answer your question his younger brother is still there but shout out to vernon wells that that's a very yeah shout out vernon wells that's a good point first baptist drums dallas covenant um elijah Kaysen is the best receiver in the state question mark uh rebuttal Dallas First Baptist has the best receiving core in the state, question mark. Yeah, I, I think we could settle on that. St. Dominic Savio beats JP2. Savio back, period. Layton, Duplantier, Williams, Humphreys. Back, 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 back. Absolutely. 
Houston Northland beats New Braunfels Christian. Uh, it was opposite day. <laughs> uh, shout out to Northland and Coach Allen, man. Or, yeah, shout out Coach Allen. Central Texas Christian wops Brazos Christian. Um, everything good in Brazos question mark. Uh, a lot of question marks down there in Brian for sure. Yeah. Houston Christian uh beats Fort Worth Country Day. Business is expected. Uh rise of Houston Christian should not be understated. Absolutely. Argyle Liberty Christian destroys Grapevine Faith 56 to 3. Uh more room for Grace Community at the top of District 2. Liberty is uh <laughs> Liberty is going through Division Two teams and Division One teams like TCCH did back in the day. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Episcopal blanks Nolan Catholic fifty six to nothing. Next question. Oh, uh, man, uh, Nolan might have to take the JP two route in a couple of years. Golly, Grace Prep uh, whips Coram Deo forty nine to twenty seven. Um, Coram Deo burners, where are you at? That's a good. That's a good sentence. Uh, shout out to Colberg, who will be covering the Grace Prep's assertion game this week. There we go. Love it, Christian beats <laughs> beats Waco Riker ninety six to nothing. Who hurt you? Ninety <laughs> six. What? <laughs> how, okay, how is that even possible? How did you score ninety six points in an eleven man football game in did, this economy? Did Walker Horn play the entire game and just start like? Do they not have a team? Like, did Riker just like? I don't even think in enough minutes you could score ninety six. Like that shouldn't be possible. That that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, anyways, Barrier Christian beats Rose Hill thirty eight to thirty five. Um, I had the over. <laughs> uh, Bay Area need to know more about that squad. That's a good point. I feel like we say that every year. We really we need to. We need They're to get in an intern. A- yeah, there's such it, a it's weird. In a, it's in a weird spot. We will never get there for a game unless, like, it, it's not even far enough that we can like justify flying. We're gonna need to like get a prop plane or like a seaplane or something. It's like a two and a half hour drive to the other side of Houston. I might as well just go to Galveston. That's what we should do. Rephrase it. We're gonna go on a Galveston trip, and then on the way down, we're gonna go by Bay Area. I like that a lot. But anyways, yeah, that that actually went better than expected. Much harder to to conform your thoughts to a single sentence on like 35 games. But I love that, that being said, that was the TXPS Media Scoreboard powered by Ryan Schroeder. Anyways, week three, moving into a recap. Some some really good games, starting off with a game that I got very much wrong. Um, not only the pick, also with the quarterback's name. I apologize, Wyatt Francis. Um, Wyatt Davis is one of our good friends from Midland Christian who does a fantastic job in the media department. Um, sorry, I get all my lights mixed up. That that's my fault. <laughs> Anyways, legacy prep improves to four and zero on the season with a thirty-four to twenty-six win over Shiner St. Paul. Quarterback Wyatt Francis has a heck of a night behind four hundred yards and five touchdowns through the air. Francis found junior Clint Recall for a hundred yards and two touchdowns, while senior Kyle Prazak went for hundred and fifty yards and a score. Sophomores Blake Prazak and Jacob Toutfest also reined in touchdowns on the contest. Jackson Bryant and Luke. 
Pivanka both had big games defensively coming up with an interception each. So Walker, I uh, got this game very much wrong. I thought that we both got it wrong. I thought, and I, I, I doubled down when you texted me and was like, we might've gotten this. We I, I'm shaky on the pick. And I was like, no commit St. Paul's going to pull it out. Uh, they did not. The air attack won over the rushing attack. Your thoughts on legacy prep winning this game. Yeah, I, I shout out to Wyatt Francis. Yeah, we didn't know your name at the beginning. We definitely know your name now. That's how impressive he looked on Friday night. Shout out to you, man. Uh, yeah, very, very impressive. A, a guy that we kind of knew for a while that was a solid, steady quarterback there after Tyler Prezak left, and he's, he looks really, really good, man. And, um, man, he he's a solid player, man. Um, he had five touchdowns on the night, and I really like this, uh, this Clint uh, – Clinton, Re- Rachel, recall, I'm going to say Rashaw, I don't know. Well, we're just butchering every, every legacy. I feel I'm name. sorry guys, but uh, shout out to Clinton, Clinton, man. He, he looks impressive. Six, four, bit really good person in the track and field with the vertical. Like, like he, he's impressive, man. And not having him as a receiver with Kyle Prazak and others, like you mentioned, I, I'm, they're a solid squad. And, you know, we talked about it before the season. I said they could be some to kind of shape some things up in Taps Division Three, it, or Taps Division, yeah, Taps Division Three. It, it could happen again this year. I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how this team goes. Shiner, I I we we picked Shiner because we knew a little bit more about him, and you know they they run the offense that you don't see every week, and so it's hard to stop them. But that's exactly what they did. So I mean, they didn't exactly stop him. It was a close game. It was a you know very like eight point game. Is that true? I think that's right. Mm-hmm. My math. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it was a close one, but at the same time, uh, Magnolia legacy prep, man, shout out to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Magnolia legacy gave us one of the funniest um, interviews that we've ever conducted that will probably never see the light of day. Moving on into Second Baptist at Houston St. John's. Walker, you were at this game, so there's no one better to detail it than you. Go ahead and tell us what you saw. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I stayed down in Houston Thursday and Friday. It was an awesome time. Uh, I got some Chewies. I left my AirPods at that Chewies right next to St. John's. So <laughs> I have to go back down to Houston for a game. I'm going to have to go grab them. So that's funny. But um, yeah, um, great environment. St. John's was awesome on even on a Thursday. Shout out to the student section. Y'all were so much fun. And it was it was a great environment. Um Talking about the game, second Baptist. I'll start with second Baptist. the The score was um, uh, twenty eight to seven, I believe, is the final score. Um, uh, JD Crisps, Cannon Tune, and Turner Murdoch are all out for second Baptist, so some of their biggest players are out, which is rough. You you hate to see Turner Murdoch is probably going to be out for the rest of the year. That's that's a huge loss for them. And Cannon Tune got hurt in their game, not against St. John's, but the previous one, uh, so he'll be out as well. Uh, JD Chris is also a guy that's out and I think he'll, he'll be back probably for district. Um, but we'll see, but, um, without three of their starting players, uh, they still didn't look terrible. Um, their offense was started by a quarterback, uh, was a true sophomore who that was his first ever varsity experience. And so of course he threw a pick six and they didn't really get to pass the ball. Cause he's never, you know, that's never happened before, but the run game was decent against a defensive line that. I'll say this, I'll transition to this. St. John's was not that bad in the trenches. And that's what kind of stood out to me is, you know, I've always kind of said 
that you know they're good at the skill positions, but they you know a Bel Air team might win in the trenches over them. But their defense, their offensive defensive lines did not look bad at all, and uh, that might be something to watch out for that they can kind of win some battles in district, um, and some some SBC four A teams. But uh, so shout out to their offensive and defensive lines. Y'all played really really well. Second Baptist, I think they can win some games with the defense they play. You know, stopping a high powered offense like St. John's to only twenty eight points is impressive. Um, and one of those being a, uh, <clears throat> one of them being a pick six. So, um, that's impressive. They only let him st- score three times. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Stephen Gill, I think scored once with Cole Allen scored twice. I think that's how it ended up. So I think second Baptist as a prime, uh, has a start as a good future going into district. I don't think they need to doubt themselves. I think it's going to be okay. St. John's, I think this team looks really, really good. The weapons on the the weapons they have at the skill positions, uh, Yaya Mir, the the corner they have is a very pl- impressive player as long as, you know, Michael Murphy, Stephen Gill, Cole Allen, Logan Donnelly, Will Hoffrecht, others. Uh, that was another guy that kind of stood out to me. But uh, they have the weapons at the skill positions and their offensive line and defensive lines looked impressive. They could be a team to watch out for in SBC for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll raise you this question. Do you think that we're going to see them at the SBC uh, championship game? Because looking at the state of SBC 4A right now, I think I think they're it's between them and ESD for that second yeah. spot behind EHS. 100%. And I, I I think, you know, they're almost there last year. If, you know, if Cole Allen was fully healthy, you know, like a couple of those games could have changed some scores. So I think they have the talent to do it. And um I, I think they're definitely a team that you could definitely see there. So I, I'm excited to, for them to prove me right, you know? That will be interesting. Yeah, we're talking about some of the best receiving cores, you know, in the state. Um, St. John certainly has one between Michael Murphy, Cole Allen, Will Hoffrecht, um, Owen Almy. You know, they're they're good, um, and especially with Stephen Gill throwing to them. They're always going to be in games behind that star power. So the outlook of SPC 4A is certainly going to be interesting. We will comment more on that as the always wild SBC race unfolds later in the season. But Walker Lot, I'm going to hand it right back off to you to another game. You're just all over the state putting in work this yes. year. Regents at St. Thomas, one of one of the marquee matchups of the season. Just a, I can't imagine how fantastic of a game to be at with all the star power. What what'd you see and what'd you take away? Yeah, I you know, I always say it St. St. Thomas rivals the best environments I've ever seen in the state. Um it's such a great environment, such a good place to go watch a game. Um, their student section is awesome. They they go from the stop to the bottom of the student section of the stands. It's it's incredible. I haven't been to Central Catholic, so before the Central guys come at me, uh, that's it's a really inviting environment. But what a game! Um, it felt like zero de- zero defense was being played for the because of the score fifty one forty one. But it was not even that. It was just more how impressive these offenses were. Like the defense was there playing, but these offenses, man, were incredible. Um. I, I'll first start out with this. Um, Dante Lewis. Um, that guy. That dude. Yeah. That dude. Um, he's incredible, man. Um, I think he has a great, great argument to being the best quarterback in 2024 in the state in TXPS. I he has a great argument for it. Um, his ability, he the the offensive line for St. Thomas held are very they were very good, very good. But of course, over time, you know, they let a guy here, through here and there. Dante Lewis never got sacked the entire game. Anytime he was even close, he made his pocket awareness is some of the best I've ever seen. 
Um, he is Johnny Manziel like, uh, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, it's imp- it's it's insane. That run, I'll put it on because it's so impressive. That run is one of the best plays I've ever seen live. Um, it was incredible. Um, I, I'm I'm being 100 real. I think he's a Division One quarterback. I I can't. You cannot tell me. You watch that guy in person and say he cannot play at the next level. Uh, if I was Kansas State, I know you're going there for baseball. Football better be calling you too. Like I don't know who they have a quarterback, but I mean that guy Dante Lewis can give you a run for his money. He can throw the ball seventy yards and he can run with the best of them. I I don't know. Um, we said it before. I I really think this team, if it stays together and beats the injury bug, this team could be a team we see in in Waco come December. I really do believe that. Um, Johan Cardenas, you know, you talked about the game, Wes, and you made the pick of Regents because you didn't think he was going to be back. Um, I had a sneaky suspicion he was going to be, and he was. He came back, and he was ready to go. Um, And I want to pull up the stat line for you. In his first game back, 40 touches. He touched the ball 40 times that game. 178 rushing yards and 124 receiving yards. Um, With also, I think, two touchdowns on the day. Um, yeah, that man is, is good. And I, I was watching some, I was talking to some guys around the state that were there for the game, because of course they saw this matchup and they went to it and they were talking, they're like, Oh, so he's committed to Vanderbilt. Like, really? And I was like, yes. And they were like, I was like, yes, just get ready. And he did one handed catch over the middle, broke a couple guys and stay on his feet and then use that speed of his. And everyone went, oh, okay. I, I see it now. And, um, He's impressive, man. And I think that that backfield is the best in the state. I no one can argue me. Maddox Reed and Cole Welliver might have another argument. Is the or not Maddox Reed? Uh Chase Garnett, Chase Garnett and Cole Welliver and Cole and Sawyer Anderson and Maddox Reed have the only only other argument. Those are the only two. And I would take I would probably take them two over. I'm being I real. will say Keldon Ryan and Reed Watkins is also mm, that's there. another that's another good one. Um but Johan is insane. He is so hard to tackle. He always leans forward. And then Dante doesn't get sacked. He just doesn't. He He's so elusive. He's great, great in the pocket. He knows when he leaves. And he's so elusive and quick. And athletic. it's just, man, that backfield. And you also have a guy like Edgecombe, Benton, and Blaze. I think Blaze, everyone was celebrating Blaze. So I'm going to guess it was his first touchdown of the season or maybe something like that. So, But having him as a tight end is awesome. Like, they have receivers galore. Uh you know, with Michael Anthony Cooper being out, the defensive line still held strong. Um, uh, Albina Ume got banged up for the second half, but I think he'll be back soon. But Tyler Day, oh, Tyler Day, I would, you know, there's guys that I watch play live, and I'm like, man, I would have loved to play for, with him back in the day because his energy is so great and he plays so well. And Tyler Day is one of them. He was, he, he was 100% on, like, on go the entire game. Energy brings something that you just want to a defense, and it's so much fun to watch him play. And he's such a good dude too. Um, besides that, uh, I think St. Thomas is a good squad, and they're p- poised for another year. Uh, the Bonner, uh, the younger Bonner brother, was also pretty impressive at the corner. Uh, and that's kind of what I'll say about them. Uh, Regents and the offensive defensive lines for Regents are going to maybe be their downfall. Uh, a team like St. Thomas is bigger than them, and that's just part of it. But I don't know if they have like I I'm gonna be very intrigued to see the defense of Saint Second Baptist play them in the in a couple of games. Their firepower on the skills and the quarterback very good. 
Um, it's offensive and defensive lines that are gonna be interesting to watch. Hudson Powell, dog. Um, that man deserves division one offers. I'm not saying it. Six seven, he's freakishly athletic, he's so impressive. They put him out of the outside linebacker, and honestly, most of the time, no one was able to run his way. He was able to stop everything. What was the downfall? I'm gonna say for St. Thomas, and I'm gonna say it's because I know ball allegiance. Yes, is I said on the pod last episode. I if you put Hudson Powell out there and you you line them one on one, there's not a corner on second St. Thomas that can match him up. They did not play Hudson Powell on the offensive side of the ball for the first half, which I don't know why, but they didn't. And then the second half, he scored already, made a lot of big plays to drive down the field and help them score every time they needed to make out do a good drive down and score. So I think that was a downfall for them, being real. Um but I think he's a fantastic player, and I think he deserves a Division One offer. I, I, I think he deserves Division One looks. Um, you know, uh, on the other side, Chili Sire uh, looked impressive. Um, the offensive line was okay. A um, uh, couple other guys were impressive. Uh, you know, uh, Jacob Wilburn in the middle was impressive as well. And finally, we'll talk about the man himself, Quinn Murphy, threw six touchdowns on the night, which is extremely impressive. Um, there was times, I will say, um, I think there was times that St. Thomas made him look like a sophomore, which is in, which is a compliment because uh, the fact that uh, probably 90% of the time you look like a Division One prospect as a sophomore is insane. But there's sometimes that he, there's this throws that weren't made because of pressure and stuff like that, that he just looked like a sophomore. But like he was so impressive. That throw I got from him, it was a like a 40 yard bomb to Blake Smith. It was just, it was a flick of the wrist, 40 yards in the bucket. It was so impressive. And it just solidified me that he will be one of the best quarterbacks in the state and the country. It's just, it's how he is. He has all the tools and tangibles. He has the size. He has everything you want to be a a premier quarterback in the state, in the country. So uh, Regis looks good. I think they'll be fine going into district, of course, and playoffs are going to be interesting to see how they do at the line of scrimmage. But St. Thomas looks poised to be maybe going back to Waco for the first time in a long time. Yeah, definitely. So I won't add a whole lot to that. But St. Thomas, obviously, we've said before, has one of, if not the most talented roster um, in the entire state regarding private schools. It's just ridiculous how much talent they have. I, I do think, you know, we, we always seem to count our chickens before they hatch with St. Thomas and then inevitably something like an Antonian happens. But I mean, we'll see. There's no I will say there's no excuse for them not to be in Waco. They are they seem to clearly be the second best team in D1, maybe barring practice. Preston Wood, depending on how the, how they develop, we'll see. Um, as for Regents, it, it's I'm the same way with him as I am St. Thomas in D two. I think I think we'll see Regents in Waco. Um, I I don't think I think they'll beat Second Baptist, and I think they'll get to the state championship. Now, how they match up against most likely Liberty or All Saints going to come out of there, I don't know. But these are two elite teams doing battle and a good team came out and won. And even there was a good team that lost. So I don't think you can extrapolate a whole lot. Both teams are going to be very good going forward. Moving on into well, two teams. I just mentioned in that little spiel right there, Fort Worth, all saints at Prestonwood Christian 
All Saints narrowly retains their undefeated status, knocking off Prestonwood 34-27. to Reed Watkins accounts for 316 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns, leading the Saints' offense in this one. Virginia Tech commit quarterback Keldon Ryan is also efficient on the ground, going for 125 yards and averaging eight per carry. Looking at Prestonwood, Tulane commit Kellen Tasby throws for 273 yards and three touchdowns, while Takashi Shaw and Gunnar Naviar have impressive performances at their positions, going for 103 and 92 on the ground and through the air, respectively. So, Walker, I think, I honestly think this is a good showing for Prestonwood, um, even though they lost. All Saints is an elite team in D2, and after they kind of got stomped by Liberty, I really wanted to watch them closely for the next few weeks and say how they responded. Um, Donnie Antis and company are going to be fine, but All Saints, you know, All Saints looks like they're rounding into form earlier than they did last year. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on what both teams are going to take away from this? Yeah, I won't speak much because I think my voice is going a little bit, but um, I think for All Saints and, you know, Reed Watkins was a guy I mentioned in the spring that I was like, okay, this guy's going to have some juice and have a great a uh, great uh going to be a great asset for this offense for all saints and he's proved he proved it last friday uh Prestonwood i think is fine they're just you know they play a very tough non-district schedule and that's just how the cookie crumbles and i think uh Prestonwood definitely should take stuff from this and if anything they should they should see you know Prestonwood in the in the in the last game of the season be like that's the one we circled to finally get the revenge for the for a uh, for losing for the past couple of years if they if they put everything together they have the talent to do it they just need to put it together you know yeah, exactly. Um, it'll be interesting. It's it's never a given how these elite teams develop, and I'm very curious who's going to be at the top of the pile as the season winds down. But that being said, we will move into our final game to recap, a game that I was live on site at, Dallas Christian facing Bishop Lynch. The Charger Stars shine bright under the Texas lights in a statement win against Bishop Lynch. D.C. knocks off the Friars 41-28 to behind 250 receiving yards and four touchdowns from Purdue commit Speedy Nettles. Senior athlete Corey Taylor also eclipsed the century mark receiving and added a touchdown of his own, as well as an absolutely vicious hit from the corner position. There's usually only maybe one or two plays a year that get the stick treatment from me where I overlay the hit with stick by JID in Dreamville. Um, that was certainly one. We had it on our we had it on our Instagram story back on Friday. Just shout out Corey Taylor. Just you don't see guys that weigh like 170 pounds making hits that brutal very often. But that being said, back into the recap. Junior quarterback Luke Carney looks even more polished in his junior campaign, accounting for almost 500 all-purpose yards and five charger scores. Porter Nix looked dominant defensively with a huge force fumble as the first half was winding down to swing the momentum in the Chargers' favor. As for Bishop Lynch, listen, I had I had um, Charger fans and coaches while I was on the sideline being like, man, number 27 can run the daggum ball. And it's true. God's will, Giodolor, is is fantastic. One of the toughest runners um, in all of Division One, And Legend and Ty Bradley are, and they proved it in this game, uh, one of the best quarterbacks and receivers in Division One. Now, you might be questioning why I'm saying that as they lost to a D3 team. D.C. is a D3 team in name only. DC, you stick D.C. in the middle of Division Division One, and they're going to go pretty deep in the playoffs. It, it's crazy how much talent they have. 
But that being said, um, yeah, Legend Howell looked really good. Like you said about guys that it's kind of crazy to think they're sophomores. It's crazy to think Legend Howell is a sophomore. Um, starting all those games, every single game his freshman year gave him a wealth of experience, and he looks like a seasoned quarterback standing out there at only like, I guess, 15, 16 years old, which is wild. Ty Bradley also. Ty Bradley was far and away. Um, the best receiver for Lynch in this game. Just he he brings a huge mismatch with his size at like probably like six five. Also has great speed, great straight line speed. Um, he's gonna make a lot of waves in D1. But Walker, um, two elite offenses go to battle. DC gets the win. Your thoughts on DC just rolling through division one for another year. Yeah, I won't say much. Big win for DC. I, I'm very excited to see Lynch. Like you said, I think they're going to score some points on some teams that you might not expect this year. And uh, I'm excited for this Lynch team. I think their offense is very, very scary. And I, I'm excited to see how they do. So um, I, I really like this. I like you. I, you know, I, I picked God's will on my fantasy team this past summer. And uh, I knew he would be an elite back for that reason. And so, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, shout out status shout out dc shout out lynch uh now dc kind of gets to start cruising for the <laughs> for the rest next rest of the season exactly i was telling everyone on the sidelines i was like listen like this is the this week is the last big test uh for dc referring to last week the game against bishop lynch i mean no shade to nolan or fort worth christian or any of the d3 squads but none of them are even they're, they're not even going to remotely test dc like we're I want to be honest for the rest of the season. I don't think you're going to see anyone come close to Dallas Christian. I think this game against Bishop Lynch was the last time that they would even remotely sweat. Now I'm not even going to pretend like there's any, any way um, a district team can even in playoffs, like until we get to Cyprus. And and even then, I don't think it's a particularly balanced matchup, but that being said, shout out Dallas Christian, shout out to a much improved Bishop Lynch squad. Will be interesting years going forward to both of them. So that being said, we are now moving into my personal favorite segment we do on this podcast. Do they cover? Referring to Dallas Christian and Parish Episcopal, this was born out of necessity last year whenever we couldn't even preview any D.C. or Parish games because they weren't worth covering because they smacked every team they played. So we decided to give them their own allotment of time each week, asking do they cover against their respective schools. This segment might not have made much sense um, to this point in the season because their matchups are a lot more competitive, but I promise it'll, it'll make more sense once we get into district and it's almost not even worth covering these games. As for this week, D.C. is a 23-and-a-half-point favorite against Nolan Catholic, former Division I giant Nolan Catholic. Um, Walker, I'm going to let you go first and say if D.C. covers a 23-and-a-half-point spread against Nolan. Uh, Yes. Yeah, I would take this number if it was – I would take this number all the way up to like 38 points. Um, No yeah. no shade to Nolan Catholic, Um, but even Nolan fans were telling us this summer it's it's a rebuild year. And I was talking to D.C. fans on the sideline. I forget that like not everyone knows every single thing about every realm of private school sports. And I was talking to them. I was like, yeah, I was like – it was my uncle actually who coaches at D.C. And I was like, yeah, I was – and it's – the. Context of this is funny because every year my uncle tells me, I ask how DC is going to be. And he's like, oh man, we're not going to be any good this year. We don't have any good players. He's been telling me this since I was 15 in high school playing them. And he's always just lying through his teeth. So I was like, he's like, you know anything about Nolan? I was like, huge rebuild year. Like, I was like, y'all aren't like, it's not even going to be a close game. He's like, 
all right, so how are they really? I'm like, no, I'm being serious. I'm not lying to you like you lied to me. Like, <laughs> no one, seriously, it's a rebuild year. He still didn't believe me, but they'll see next week whenever they beat Nolan by 50. But yeah, I, I'm going to I'm gonna take DC to cover a 23 and a half point spread against Nolan Catholic. Um, I'm not really going to think twice about it. No shade to Nolan. It's just, you know, DC, rolling ball, chainsaws, add any adjective you want in there. All right, so now into a more interesting Start to the year um, for Parish Episcopal. The spreads haven't been nearly as easy to guess. This week, they are an 11-and-a-half-point dog at China Springs. Um, I'm trying to think. They did not cover the spread last week against Sock. We both picked that they wouldn't. Um, They're an 11-and-a-half-point dog against China Springs. I'm going to have to guess that China Springs covers that spread. I know it's not really like not great private school representation here, but it's China Springs. I mean, come on. I parish is great. They're going to be really, really good um, in district. I have gotten a tip from a source that they've had some pretty significant injuries in the past couple of weeks, which is going to further my claim that they do not cover an 11 and a half point spread at China Springs. They played Waco Conley last week. Oh, wow. Waco Conley, the home of uh, Kobe black, the five-star defensive back. Uh, China Springs is the home of Cash McCollum, the quarterback who is committed to North Texas. Yeah. Um, the more you know about Texas high school football. Um, uh, yeah, I think they cover. China Springs is coming off a of state championship, and I think they do it again. So, um, yeah, yeah, give me, give me, uh, whatever Ch- China Springs to cover. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll take that. I think this might be, um, this is probably the last game we're going to pick. Um, parish not to cover a spread and it'll be yeah new parish fans are wondering why they're not destroying all these games they're playing it's because you're playing the the best teams in the state of texas don't don't worry the success will come just stay calm but with all that being said we will now move into the next part of our other news segment the txps power rankings and let's get right into them the first six remain the same, EHS at number one, Liberty at number two, Parish at number three, St. Thomas at number four, Fort Worth All Saints at number five, Plano Prestonwood drops down with a loss at number six, Dallas Christian at number seven, Regents drops to number eight with their loss, First Baptist and St. John remain the same, rounding out the top ten. So, Walker, um, the same teams in the top ten, a little bit of shifting due to some losses, and anything big to report here? Yeah, no, uh, St. Thomas moves up, which I definitely do believe. I think they're the fourth best team in the state. All Saints is right behind them, move up, and Plano Preston, because, of course, they lost All Saints, moved down below them. Uh, Regents loses the STH, so they move down one. DC moves above them for beating a D- D- Division One team, and I think it's pretty good. I think these are the top ten teams in the state. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they all you know, parallel and go up and go down and how they rotate for the re- next couple of weeks. I agree with you. It'll be interesting. Um, I don't foresee a lot of huge shifting, um, but we'll see. You know, sports are a funny thing. You never really know what's coming next. But that being said, we are going to move on into our games of the week, but not before a word from our favorite sponsors at High Point Signs and Apparel. Walker, we just went on a, a long spiel at the beginning of the episode of how thankful we were for everyone that bought our merchandise, and that would not have been possible without High Point Signs and Apparel. I can't state how how fantastic the quality of the product is that we put out and more importantly how easy they were to work with i mean you you feel like taking on a task as daunting as creating your own apparel line would be incredibly difficult but it really wasn't it was super seamless thanks to the help of the guys at high point signs and apparel listen they don't miss deadlines they provide exceptional customer service they will meet 
or beat any price you give them. And they create online stores that can provide your employees with apparel or they can be profit centers. Listen, I mean, they they are fantastic. They work with some of the biggest brands in the state. Shout out to Texas A&M. Walker, what do you have to say about the guys at High Point Signs and Apparel? No, they're awesome, man. They've been nothing but the best to us. And we're so excited to continue working with them even after this apparel drop. Um, they're awesome. They're just such, uh, they do it the right way. Uh, they're good people. And when we needed help on anything, any small thing, they were there to help us out. And it was quick, easy, not nothing hard about the whole process of working with them. So shout out to them. Uh, definitely go check out High Point Signs and Apparel. Absolutely. So shout out to High Point Signs and Apparel. The link to their website will be in our show notes. Please go check them out. I can't overstate how fantastic they are. Thank you to High Point Signs and Apparel for sponsoring this episode. So, Walker, with that being said, we will now move into my actual favorite segment of the week, our five games of the week, starting with Grapevine Faith at Fort Worth Christian. Fort Worth Christian is a four and a half point favorite in this matchup, courtesy of Massey Ratings. Yet again, we don't make the spreads. I feel like I need to reiterate that now because even people at DC were like, y'all spreads are awful. And I'm like, well, a computer makes them. So I don't, we, we don't, we don't do that. We didn't even program the machine that makes them. That being said, a cross-district matchup will take place Friday as the Lions of Faith will travel to the North Richland Hills to take on the Cardinals. Faith is coming off a 53-6 shellacking at the hands of Liberty, but at the end of the day, that's excusable given that Liberty can do that to just about anyone in the state. Fort Worth Christian is coming off of a less excusable loss at the hands of Lake Country Christian Sands Daughter Twins. I'll be blunt. This game boils down to can Bryce Bradley, Tucker Ashford, and company stop Clayton Sebecki? I think that the Lions will get key contributions from Ben Wagner and McConnell Gorman, and that's why I like them in this game. Um, now, granted, I, I don't want them to look too good because I really, really want Grace Community to win district this year. But that being said, um, given this matchup, I, I think Fort Worth Christian's in a bit of a free fall as a program. There's no shade to them, but that's just what I've heard rumblings around their program. Of course, now that I say that, they're going to come out and prove me wrong and chirp me. But I, I really do like faith in this game. I know they've had some some tough sledding in the last couple of games against really, really good teams. I'm still a stark Clayton Sebecki believer, and I think they'll get it done here. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I think Clayton Sebecki and company are um, really, really good. And I'm, I'm going to pick the Lions in this one. I, you know, I think Lake Country is a better team than we give credit. And I think they have a lot of solid players. And I think that win over Fort Worth Christian proved it. But a team like Fort Worth Christian is never, should never even be in that type of, like, that type of game. It, it, they just shouldn't be. And I've, the Fort Worth Christian I grew up playing definitely was never like that. Um, so, uh, I, I, I don't I just don't think that that should be a team that I can pick on right now. So uh give me great grapevine faith. So we got two members of the podcast picking grapevine faith against Fort Worth Christian. Will be a, a very good game, I think. Yeah. Coming this week. I'm Moving sure. on into the second game to preview Central Texas at Magnolia Legacy Prep. Legacy getting some clout on the podcast for the second week in a row. No spread for this game, but Friday will display two hot D3, D4 teams facing off in Magnolia as Legacy Prep takes on Central Texas Christian. Central Texas is 2-2 two and two on the year, but they're coming off of a big win at Brazos Christian, who are one of our preseason favorites in the division. 
The Lions lean heavily on a run-first attack led by senior Tabor Tyson. Tyson had 247 yards and six, I'll say that again, six touchdowns in a single game against Brazos Christian, and he'll be eager to replicate that success this week against Magnolia Legacy. However, the Lions are the opposite side of the coin. They boast a prominent air bombardment led by senior quarterback Wyatt Francis. That's Wyatt Francis, not Wyatt Davis. And with athletes like Kyle and Blake Prazak, as well as Clint Rashal, there is going to be no shortage of action in Magnolia this Friday. Last week, if we'll go back in our time machine and, and watch that clip, I took a proven rushing attack to beat a passing one in a similar clash of styles. Now, I'm notoriously stubborn and hard-headed and very, very slow to admit when I'm wrong. Um, you're not going to hear that from me very often. And I'm not going to say that here. Um, however, I will reverse course, and I'm going to go all in on Francis and the Lions of Magnolia Legacy Prep in this one. Um, that kind of opened my eyes last week. I haven't heard a lot about them since – was that – which – was that was Tyler Prazak. Yeah, yes. since Tyler Prazak was there. Um, there, there's, I just, I guess just a wealth of praise acts, uh, roaming around Magnolia legacy since they've got two on the team this year. Mm. And for that reason, um, I like their passing attack here. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Magnolia legacy prep. Yeah. I'm going to go with you when you can do an air raid that well, and you can throw the ball out of on anyone. That's uh, that's a team that's hard to beat. And, um, I, I really like this team. I think they showed it last week against Shiner St. Paul that they can do it. And um, yeah, give me give me Magnolia Legacy. I think Central Texas is a better team than Shutter this year, so it's gonna be close. But give me give me Legacy Prep. I like that pick. I think uh, I think that'll be a very good game. Hence why we're discussing it. Moving on, Mercy Culture at Dallas First Baptist. The spread is First Baptist minus thirty two and a half. Yet again, we don't make the spreads. Two remaining undefeated squads will do battle this week as Mercy Culture travels across the Metroplex to meet First Baptist. Mercy Culture suffered a huge loss as D4 MVP candidate John Raybuck tore his PCL. However, there's still certainly viable athletes on the squad behind Josh Marshall, Roman Emmerich, and Landon Martinez. It also can't be discounted that Coach Sean Riley will be able to steady the ship. However, Without Raybuck, I don't see how they overpower one of the most insanely talented teams in the history of Division Four. I fully expect McCoy, Kaysen, Sadu Robinson, and Mitchell to show up in a big, big way this Friday and secure a statement win at home. Listen, uh, Jason Lavorn um, told me following the Brazos Christian game that or he told Steven to tell me that to make sure I kept picking against them to give them motivation. And I said, despite you, I'm never going to pick against you the rest of the year. That's going to hold true here. Um, I'm, I'm going to very stoutly take First Baptist in this game. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with you, man. Uh, Mercy Culture is a team right in the heart of Fort Worth. That You know, it's a team that's gone and grown in the past couple of years. And I think with Sean Riley at the helm, they've done a really good job. But um kid like John Raybuck, that's too hard of a loss to make me not maybe make me uh, consider picking them. Even, even if they had Raybuck, it would be a hard choice not to pick Forest Baptist right now for how much points they're putting up each week. But, uh, yeah, without Raybuck, that's going to be hard. So give me First Baptist. 
Absolutely. That makes sense to me. Moving on into the second to last game that we will preview that is Northland Christian at Hollettsville Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart is a seven and a half point favorite in this one. Another cross district matchup will ensue this week as Northland will head west to the big city of Hollettsville to take on Sacred Heart. Both D4 squads have had success to start the young season as Northland sits at three and one and Sacred Heart has yet to lose a game. Northland has had success even following the graduation of star quarterback Stone Walker. The man picking up the slack here is senior running back Michael Hall, who had 185 yards and four touchdowns last Ooh. week against New Braunfels Christian. Add in senior Jake Eaton catching passes from junior Rody Butler, and Northland is a well-oiled machine. Sacred Heart operates behind Eden Prairie transfer quarterback Jackson Rathke, a true dual-threat athlete. He is a handful for any coordinator to scheme against and any defense to contain. He'll rely on top-returning receiver Michael O'Brien and elite running back Sam Peters to help on the offensive side of things. As for my pick, and I left this blank because I still couldn't decide who I wanted to take in this matchup. It's a really, really good game. I really yeah. did think Northland was going to take a bigger step back following the loss of Stone Walker, but they really haven't. Um, you know what? I think there's a higher chance of Northland chirping me if I get them wrong in this game. Therefore, I'm going to take Northland to win this game. Um, I'm less afraid of, of Sacred Heart shooters than I am of North of Northland. Um, also, that being said, I really do think that Michael Hall um, is going to run crazy. Um, I think even though the spread Sacred Heart minus seven and a half, I'm going to have to take Northland here. Yeah, and, you know, they have guys like, you know, Devin Scott, Rome Stanford over there. Like, they have a good squad over there. But I'm going to go the other side. A guy you didn't mention, though, is the Division One talent, Nick Angerstein, who's there at Hallettsville Sacred Heart. And the multi-weapon, you know, he can't kick the ball, but he also is a great receiver as well. And a guy like that is a big asset at that level. And for that reason, I'm going to go with Nick Angerstein and the Hallettsville Sacred Heart uh, team. Absolutely. I like that. The first differing pick of the episode, that'll that'll provide some variety for the pick record. And I pray that it works out in my direction because I will take any win I can get at this point. Moving on into the final episode or the final, not the final episode, the final game that we will recap for this episode, Houston Christian at Fort Worth Trinity Valley, a game I will be live and on site covering. And honestly, the SBC 3A game of the year this early in the season spread is Trinity Valley minus 12 and a half as Brett Kilchrist and Houston Christian will travel up 35 to take on Gavin Parkhurst and Trinity Valley. Listen, we predicted Houston Christian as the most improved team in the division, and they have showed us no reason to reconsider that statement thus far. Averaging 36 points a game on the young season, the Mustangs offense is elite. With athletes on all sides of the ball, Kilchrist, Amari Banks, Adam Shepard, Dylan Hill, the list goes on. And this is a completely different team from last season. However... Coming off of an FCP title berth, the Trojans have their sights set on championship this season. Gavin Parkhurst is one of the most underrated recruits in the state, and with Big Will Scott holding the front for him, expect Parkhurst to launch bombs on Friday. You can't key in on stopping the pass. Otherwise, junior running back Ben Nagishu will gash you on the ground. You add Jacob Maynard wreaking havoc on defense. 
And I have to take the Trojan in this one. Listen, I love Houston Christian this year. I think Brett Kilchrist, Amari Banks, everyone I mentioned is fantastic. And I think they're going to – I think they're probably the second-best team in SPC 3A. It's just a shame they're facing the best team this week. I think we'll see a – I think this is a championship preview. We'll see these teams meet again. But in this matchup, I'm going to take Brady Val. Mm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um. You know, I grew up not supposed to liking this team. I hated this team. And, um, you know, this is just not a team I was supposed to like. You know, the Roses Bowl growing up now turned into the Dog Bowl. It's hard. It's hard for me to be like, I want to root for this team. But I do. I I love the coaching staff over there. The guys over there are awesome. Um and I'm going to back the 817 on this one. Give me Fort Worth, Trinity Valley. Um, uh, you know, the rivalries are gone. It's in the past. And it's all about, you know, sharing this community. And I have to support the 817. And I'm going to do it this one. I, you know, I've said so much about Park, uh, Gavin Parkhurst in this pod. I think he's a great quarterback. Size and the ten- and the arm to do incredible things at the coll- collegiate level. Jacob Maynard, Will Scott, uh, you know, Ben Nagushu, uh, other Carter Lee, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, they have the two twenty-sixes, the defensive line, Aiden Atkins and Houston. They have so much talent on the squad. And I I'm excited for you to go watch this West because I think it's a good one. I think this is gonna be a really good game. But um give me TVS in this one. And I kind of really I- like that spread. That spread is a probably a pretty accurate spread. 12 and a half. That's a pretty good spread. That's one of the like spreads i've looked at this year and being like that's somewhat accurate because a lot of them have been have been horrible this early in the year like parish like parish 35 and a half against episcopal is one of the worst things i've ever seen and you know that's that's the reason i'm telling everyone that we don't make the spreads because all the episcopal guys thought that we set that spread. i was chirped after the game but yeah like you um I'm incredibly excited to watch this. I, I will say it again. I think this is um, a preview of the SBC 3A championship, and we're getting it, you know, in the second district game of the season. See, I'm very, very excited. Um, I'm sure our SBC analyst, Jack Klosek, will break that down a little further in his article this week. But it's uh, it's going to be a great one. I never lose enthusiasm for going and covering Texas private school football games, and this week will be no exception. But, Walker, with that being said, that actually concludes the content for this episode. We just previewed week number five. I feel like that we started this uh, <laughs> last week, but we are moving well along through the 2023 season. You want to lead people with, uh, man, uh, another great week. Um, I'm excited for this week. We're finally close, we're sneaking and sneaking up into uh, more and more district games, and I'm excited about that. Uh, I, I filled out the, the game sheet, West for most a lot of more games. On if you want to go check that out, because it, we're finally getting back into the later weeks of the season. Um, we got some got some smaller school games this week, man. And we get we gave some love to the smaller schools this week, and I'm so excited about that. So, um, man, that's gonna be a good week. Excited for this one. I will be at Central Texas Christian at Magnolia Legacy Prep, and then I will be on Saturday at Legacy at Bel Air Episcopal watching the team that is so interesting and you don't know much about in Legacy School of Sports Sciences. 
against the Bel Air Episcopal Knights. So excited about it. Another great week of Texas high school football. Thank you all for tuning in every week. And yeah, awesome. Absolutely. So with all of that being said, as always, I am one half of your hosting crew. Walker Lott has fantastically been himself. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one.